Hi, I'm Sparrow. I'm 11 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is the Marvel movies. Hi, I'm Stitch. I'm 9 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is going on a Disney cruise. And I'm Tony, their Disney dad, and my favorite thing about Disney is Walt. And our podcast is Disney Discussions. Disney Discussions is a family-friendly podcast where we discuss all things Disney. Sometimes Stitch sings a song. Find us at www.disneydiscussions.com, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's free. Free is always a good thing. Welcome to episode 28 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined again this week by my trusty co-pilot and co-host, Tom. Tom, welcome back. Always great to be with you, Rob. I love being on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. See, you switched it up this week. I like it. Just slightly. (laughs) Right. And now we are recording this episode on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. So we are into the month of October. I've heard that uh, there's a movement online right now to have it be October uh, in honor of the first Jedi Temple. So I think maybe we'll adopt that as well. Sounds good to me. Why not? So I don't know if that's going to turn into like Oktoberfest or what the case is going to be. We're going to have some sort of Star Wars beers involved, but like, like green milk beer or something. I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're going to be finding out uh, all about the the new version of the green milk and the blue milk at uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Walt Disney World coming up this uh, December, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, very look, very much looking forward to that. Uh, trying out all, experience everything that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has to uh, offer on the East Coast, and so you know we've both visited you know now several times on the West Coast. Absolutely. So. Uh, We are going to go ahead and uh, actually this week, what we are going to be discussing, uh, Tom had just had me on the Hyperion Adventures podcast a couple days ago, and we reviewed the Empire Strikes Back for their Star Wars Remembered series, and we had a great time doing that. So I would encourage all of our listeners, if you're into kind of reliving your favorite Star Wars films, definitely go over to Hyperion Adventures and check out their series, Star Wars Remembered. We've been reviewing all the films kind of in the story order uh, leading up to the rise of Skywalker in December. And uh, it's been a great series, a lot of fun. And I really appreciate Tom and Michelle being kind enough to have me on that podcast. We always appreciate having you on. We kind of bring the fluff and you bring the real uh, information involved in any of these episodes. So uh, it's always great having you on those shows. And yeah, we had uh, a great time just looking back at the Empire Strikes Back uh, despite my little wacky tangent I went off on and my little theory about the Luke Vader duel, but uh, it was still a great time. And and Rob, yes, brings all the important information about each of these films. Yeah. And I don't think there was anything wacky about it. I mean, I thought that you were pretty much spot on with uh, 
the majority of, of what you were throwing out there. I thought it was really insightful. And I think there's a lot of truth to, to that. So I'm not going to spoil it here. Definitely. Uh, let's have our listeners go out there and check out the entire, uh, the entire episode for themselves. I think they'll get a lot of enjoyment out of that. All right. Before we jump into this week's main topic, I do just want to take a quick moment to thank our new sponsor, Lucas Family Travel. Are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batuu in the ultra-immersive world of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort? If so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas and Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's L-U-C-A-S familytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. So one of the things that came up is we were reviewing the uh, Empire Strikes Back and we were kind of talking about the scene on Dagobah where Luke uh, encounters the cave of evil under the tree or my favorite is uh, John Williams referring to it as the magic tree, <laughs> which is exactly what you'd expect from John. Williams. It's the giving tree. Let's be honest. Come on. It's the giving tree. It's giving you nightmares. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it kind of came up that that is something we could really do an entire episode on. And interestingly enough, I mean, for people that are just familiar with the movies themselves, I mean, that is really the only time within the canonical Star Wars films that we see uh, that cave of evil under the tree there on Dagobah. But in reality, within Star Wars canon, uh, there is a predecessor to that particular event. And there is also uh, another event that takes place kind of in the time of Kylo Ren and, and Snoke uh, that has come out recently in the comics. So there's really three key points that we're talking about here. And uh, I think it probably is going to be insightful for a lot of our listeners to kind of hear what those are and, and kind of decide for yourself what that uh, cave of evil is really all about. So. Uh, Tom, if you're up for diving into that, I think we'll do that. Yeah, sounds like fun. Let's do it. Terrific. So uh, the first time that we run across that cave on Dagobah is actually with Grandmaster Yoda uh, back during the time, uh, kind of toward the end of the Jedi Order. And it's actually takes place in season six on the Clone Wars. So uh, Yoda is uh, on a quest. He's heard the voice of Qui-Gon kind of from beyond the grave, and he's trying to track down. He's not really sure at this point if he believes it's truly Qui-Gon or not. And he is uh, kind of following the clues and on a quest to determine if there is a way to kind of exist in the force after death. And his quest takes him to Dagobah and he finds this cave of evil. And upon entering it, uh, he has a very similar experience to Luke. Uh, and we're going to play a clip of that here.
So basically what we see in that particular scene is, you know, as, as happened with Luke, uh, Yoda has a number of visions, some of which actually come to fruition uh, and some of which don't, but uh, they're all really based on his personal fears. And um, that seems to be really a core component of what this dark side vergence is really what this cave is, uh, tends to generate in the people that enter it. So, you know, Tom, when you saw this particular scene within the Clone Wars, what did that evoke for you? Uh, it's just kind of interesting in that, you know, the fact, especially when you bring it back to, you know, before coming into this, we knew nothing about the the, the Cave of Evil. Uh, you know, we just saw it within uh, the Empire Strikes Back and, you know, knew it was there, knew that it was kind of was part of the training ground that, uh, you know, Yoda sent Luke into, but we really never knew much about it. I think I read the novelization at one point and there was a description in there that uh, the reason why this place existed was because of, of uh, you know, that uh, there was a dark Jedi that was in this spot that was uh, kind of done away with. And that kind of left that imprint on that area. And that was the part of the reason why Yoda uh, picked this place. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more as we move on. But, uh, you know, it's it just really interesting and I, I, I kind of relate it to and this is totally going out of the Star Wars universe, but into another fandom maybe out there. And it kind of goes into the uh, Harry Potter universe. And th there's a creature in there that uh, uh, they kind of use to uh, train some of the students in the fact. And it, it takes on the appearance of any of the students' uh, biggest fear. And I, that's kind of what this related to to me is that this is a very similar uh, issue in regards to that whatever goes in there whatever you're carrying with you whatever issue you have whatever baggage you have uh, this is going to try and take advantage of that and show it to you and then you how you uh, deal with it it's is up to you each individual it's funny that you bring up the harry potter stuff because there's definitely a parallel there um and ironically you've got john williams who did the music for both of those series so it's certainly a great musical tie between the two as well yeah uh i just kind of funny as i was you know uh thinking about it more as we were discussing that we were going to do this episode and and how they kind of relate to one another and i i don't feel like that that's the only place we've seen these things happen i i think that uh yeah it, it goes out through many uh you know, horror novels and, and that a lot of times that, uh, the, the, the thing you, the, the, the bad person being spirit, demon, whatever will take on, uh, the image of what you fear the most or what you don't want to see the most. And I, I think this, this kind of relates to that and that this cave is kind of the, you know, the, the closest thing to a really scary time, uh, within a, a, the star Wars films, at least for sure, the original trilogy. Right. And, Interestingly enough, I mean, certainly the cave feeds on your fears and, and presents those to you in a way that uh, is kind of meant to take a mental toll on you. Um, and really, that's the test of the cave. But uh, the other kind of interesting thing, and we'll talk about it both here as well as in the scenario where Luke enters the cave, is that uh, part of what it shows the the viewer also seems to be a, a portion of truth, really. Um when Yoda goes into the cave, he does see the scenario where the Jedi Masters confront uh, Emperor Palpatine and or Supreme Chancellor Palpatine at the time, and he kills the Chancellor sent against him. He sees Mace Windu get you know struck with the Force lightning and tossed out the window. Um, but there are another a number of other scenes that he that he sees that did not actually come to fruition. Uh, Ahsoka is killed by Anakin. We never actually see that. So it's almost like it shows you 
possibilities based on your fears. Well, always in motion, the future is, as we also uh, learned very much from The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, I, I believe it does show you glimpses of the truth, almost the worst possible scenarios. That doesn't mean they, 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 they could happen. Maybe they don't happen, but they definitely are there uh, to be shown to you. It, it's just, it, it's really interesting the way that uh, this is portrayed through it. In, in uh, the, the Clone Wars itself, you know, and again, if you, it, we, we, it seems like we talk about this every week. If you've not watched The Clone Wars, it's coming to Disney Plus very soon. So you're going to have access to that very soon. So you can catch up on a lot of these things that we've talked about throughout the Jedi Temple Archives podcast uh, show. Uh, but it, it's just is very intriguing to think about this place that, uh, you know, you, you carry your baggage into and you, you take away from it whatever you need. And it is really interesting lessons learned. And I think we all go through that at some point in our lives. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, the other kind of follow-up scene to this, so Yoda eventually does escape uh, the cave after having kind of faced down these visions, and he collapses just from the mental strain of the entire ordeal. Uh, and he is woken by the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, who was reprised in this particular episode by Liam Neeson. And this kind of then dovetails into a scene uh, that I will play here. Yoda, come back to us. Yoda. Such darkness. Such evil. When will this happen? It is happening right now. It has always been happening. With each day the Klung War wages, evil is growing in its power. What you felt in the cave is merely a portion of what the dark side now holds. Such power. Any hope that the Jedi can prevail, is there? There is always hope, my friend. Though it often comes in forms not looked for. The key is knowing how to see it, and seizing that opportunity. I have been tasked with guiding you forward. There can be many outcomes, but your path is clear, Yoda. You have been chosen, as I was before you. For what chosen am I? You will learn to preserve your life force, and so manifest a consciousness which will allow you to commune with the living after death. How? Dark times are ahead, and forces of light must remain. This is the path of only a few Jedi. You will travel to one of the origins of all life in the galaxy. This place is where? The Force will be your guide. Goodbye, my friend. Yes, my friend. All right, I am. No. Back to Coruscant. We are not going yet. Afraid only begun our long journey has. So what we have there is, you know, Liam Neeson is really kind of starting to guide Yoda down the path. He's been assigned to teach Yoda the path of keeping his consciousness and 
uh, merging that with the force and allowing him to communicate uh, with the living after death. And certainly we see how that plays out in the films. Uh, so, you know, the cave itself is is one scenario, but it also is tied to some very important scenes within Star Wars itself uh, that do a lot to explain how Yoda and Obi-Wan uh, both were able to come back in the, the form of their Force Ghost or their Blue Chloe or whatever you want to call them uh, to guide Luke on later on in the uh, saga. Yeah, and it's only referenced very briefly at the end of uh, the Revenge of the Sith uh, that you you know Yoda stops Obi Wan before they're going off to their separate exile locations, and you know he mentions to him that uh, that he talked with Qui Gon. And if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, you don't know when or how that happened, but that 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 this has occurred, and so now this is for something to for Obi Wan to to study on as he. He's kind of in his own exile watching over Luke on Tatooine. And, you know, it's going to be interesting as we get closer and closer to uh, the Obi-Wan series coming out to see if any of that plays a part in that series as well. Yeah. And I mean, I, for one, I appreciate this kind of stuff. I know that there's a lot of people who, you know, say, oh, it's just retcon. And, uh, you know, they're going back and kind of rewriting the story or or filling in things to explain other uh, scenarios within the film. But personally, anything that fleshes out the overall story and kind of explains some of these things is is always going to be a plus. And interestingly, I mean, this episode is a perfect example that uh, if you are just watching the films, and I feel like even with the the new movies that are coming out it's even more so this way but if you don't consume some of the extra content that's out there be it the animated series or the books or the comics uh there are things that get presented in the film that are not very well explained and i can understand why fans would get a little bit confused about some of the leaps that we see with the characters um so that was really one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. Not everyone has time to keep up with that stuff, but to be able to digest bits and pieces of that uh, in a 45 minute or an hour long podcast every week uh, will kind of help to fill in some of those gaps and hopefully identify uh, places in the movies where, you know, it just uh, improves the viewing experience overall. Yeah, heck, we don't even have time to catch up with all this stuff. It seems like something is coming out new every single week between uh, the comics and now once these uh, series get restarted on Disney+, Plus, whether it be The Mandalorian, whether it eventually be the Obi-Wan series, the Cassian Andor series, uh, Star Wars Resistance is about to start up again next week, and you know, we it, there's in the Clone Wars Season 7 is coming around here very soon as well so there's just so much to keep track of right now the books the comic but all this stuff it's hard to keep track just on our own but it's great that there is all this stuff out there for us right and i mean it's almost a full-time job really any of the any of the people that out there the podcasts that are out there that stay on top of every last thing that comes out uh, i gotta tip the hat to them they certainly have uh, definitely, you know, the ability and, and the drive to stay on top of all that stuff. I, I actually had to go out and uh, buy the Snoke comic today. Uh, fortunately, it was relatively inexpensive just so that I could kind of fill in a portion of this podcast when I realized that it had addressed the cave on Dagobah as well. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eventually expecting you to start doling out assignments. Okay, this week you have to read this comic and listen to this episode. And then this week, you know, I'm, meanwhile, I'll handle uh, this novelization and go, on because it just seems like there's so much going on that we can't quite keep track of it all and especially just for one person to to read all this stuff or watch all this stuff it's it's just a crazy amount of star wars information out right now 
Right. And I'm going to have to, you know, set you up with an expense account for that stuff. And it's going to turn into a very complicated business here before yes. long. I, I have no doubt. I've seen your work with Excel. I'm sure you'll do just fine. Right, right. So, you know, carrying on, uh, certainly this gives us a really good grounding for what we then see within the, the film The Empire Strikes Back, uh, where Luke is training on Dagobah with Yoda. And they're kind of, as he's training, going through a conversation about the Force and what is it and what about the dark side and how will he know it. Uh, but eventually Yoda kind of calls the stop to the training for that day. And uh, as Luke is going over to throw his jacket on and, and uh, kind of wrap up the day, he then senses uh, a disturbance. He senses uh, the dark side virgins that is under that tree and tells Yoda, you know, I feel cold. And that scene then plays out like this. There's something not right here. I feel cold. Death. Take place. Be strong with the dark side of the force. A domain of evil it is. And you must go. What's in there? Only what you take with you. No weapons. You will not need them. So, you know, Yoda is clearly directing Luke that, uh, you know, you're going to have to go face this, but you're not going to need to take your weapons, uh, your weapons. You will not need them, uh, to which Luke responds by strapping on his weapons belt uh, in classic Luke fashion. And I, I think you could say that, you know, that in a lot of ways led to what he experienced within the cave. Yeah, I, I definitely was going in there, uh, well, afraid enough that he thought he might need to fight. And so that's always there in the back of his mind when entering there. And that's exactly what we were just discussing. Uh, this cave of evil kind of feeds on is the fact that, OK, this is here. He's already preparing for a fight. So let's kind of bring him a fight. Right. And and this is really the portion of the scene that kind of led me uh, about a week ago to, to post on social media that this is really uh, something that is very similar to what happens to a lot of people when they go out on social media. What you bring with you is it tends to be the experience you have and people that kind of go out there spoiling for a fight are going to create that type of scenario. And there's definitely a lot of that going on currently within the Star Wars fandom. I think that uh, there are people that in some cases feel like they know best what is what. Um, and instead of saying, this is my opinion, I want to hear yours. And, you know, let's let's see if we can talk through this. Uh, it almost turns into a combative experience. So uh, that's certainly not what we try to do here. I know there have been times on this show where you and I have had differences of opinion. And uh, we always try to address that in a mature and adult way. And 
uh, listen to each other's thoughts. And, you know, it's always a fun conversation. It's never uh, something that turns into a battle, I guess, between us. And, and I think that's really the best part of what Star Wars Thinking is all about. There's nothing wrong with a respectful discussion. And not everybody has to like the same things. Not everybody has to like everything. Yeah, you can disagree on things. But as long as you can listen to the other person and, and come to, uh, you know, a respectful disagreement on it, that's fine. And who knows? Every once in a while, like you've you've uh, discussed some things with me and I've I, I have, you know, maybe changed my opinion slightly on some things. I don't know if that's happened with you on some of the things I've said, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, at least, you know, we, we can we're willing to hear one another out. And, uh, you know, it's it's what's sorely lacking and in, in one in our country to be in general, but, you know, particularly in the Star Wars community right now and on social media there's just you know it seems like it's just people just wanting to be loud and shout out and not willing to listen to other people yeah and i mean the funny thing is that for the most part these are people's opinions right no one knows for sure uh what was in the mind of george lucas or any of the other creators of these content um or it wouldn't be a conversation that even needed to be had it would be you know this is what they said it is so this is what it is and um, you know, so I, I would just encourage people, you know, when you're out there, when you're talking about this, just keep in mind, this is, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be enjoyable. And none of us know for sure, uh, what any of this is, It's just kind of fun to have a conversation and see where we can pick out the little nuggets that, that may have a hint of truth to them. And, uh, you know, that's always just part of the fun as far as I'm concerned. And there are people out there that are kind of looking just to pick a fight with people. And if, if you're just posting out there and you're just looking to have a good time and some of these people come along and start trolling you or whatever the case may be, don't engage, just you know, block them, mute them, whatever you need to do, just move. You know, there's no reason to get into this situation and, and encourage it that much more. Cause a lot of these people, that's just what they're looking for. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I guess I always look at it as, you know, let's, let's just keep it positive. Uh, that's really what the community needs. And I think that's what we're going to do going forward. So again, I think it, it's something that had to be said. Um, and this is really a great episode to kind of bring up that point, but getting back to the main topic here, um, you know, so Yoda has told Luke, you know, do not take your weapons. You're not going to need them. Luke straps on his weapons belt anyway and drops down into the cave. And lo and behold, uh, as he is kind of coming into, again, for me, when I rewatched this the other day, you can really see uh, as he's just about to get to the part where Vader comes around the corner, you can kind of see uh, that there are some actual stone walls down there. Uh, and it is more of a temple almost. Um, and in looking at the snow comic, which we'll get to here in just a moment, there's definitely another hint of that as there was with the Yoda scene in Clone Wars. So, uh, you know, Yoda is going into more of a, a formal structure that's kind of buried there under the bog. So whether this was a Sith shrine, as Tom said, there there was some information about this back in Legends that has since been you know kind of done away with. But I'm sure that they're going to like some at some point there's going to be maybe a little bit more of an explanation of how the Dark Side Virgins came about. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me that this this something along those lines comes out. I think that the, uh, what was told in in Legends uh, is makes a complete sense for the most part of why this uh, place would exist the way it is. As far as the stone walls, I was saying, you know, and I, interesting that you're bringing that up. I, you know, maybe it was uh, built as a temple eventually or created as a temple, but I always kind of just assumed it was more just part of the vision itself, almost like, you know, this is what's happening. But, uh, you know, I really never thought that much about it. So uh, your point is well taken there, Rob, that it definitely uh, could be something that's been built up for centuries. 
Right. Um, so, you know, as Luke goes in there, uh, we get the following clip and we'll discuss what we're hearing. So obviously that scene wraps up with uh, Luke having defeated Vader, or so he believes. Uh, and as Vader's severed head is lying there on the ground, you see the mask and the, and the front face plate uh, kind of dissolves in front of you or explodes. And Luke's face is revealed within there. So this is another one of those situations where, uh, you know, there's certainly a component of Luke's fear about what he may become if he falls to the dark side. But there's also a hint of truth in what you see in the sense that really it is Luke's flesh and blood that resides within that within that mask. And he just doesn't know it yet. It's almost like foreshadowing for what we're going to see later in the film. Yeah, a little piece of both there. I I mean, I always took it as more along the lines of if you act in this way, if you, uh, you know, uh, go in with violence on your mind first, you know, which is not the Jedi way, which actually uh, Yoda was had just been uh, telling Luke, uh, then this was going to cause your downfall. Basically, you're chopping your own head off. You're you're going to uh, fall the same fate kind of as Vader. In, in many regards. But uh, yeah, really interesting in that regard, too, if you want to look at it that way that, yeah, the, you know, you, you you tear off the mask and there is another Skywalker behind it. So, uh, you know, I think it does work twofold. All right. So moving on from Empire Strikes Back, uh, we next move on to the new Snoke Age of Resistance comic where uh, as a byproduct of his training of Kylo Ren, he ends up taking Kylo to the planet of Dagobah to face the dark side cave. Uh, and when Kylo asks him, you know, what's in there, uh, Snoke tells him it's what's holding him back and he will either fail or he will kill it. So Kylo then proceeds into the dark side cave. Uh, he ends up facing his fears as did those who came before him. 
Uh, and I won't go into detail about what those were or, or how that encounter went, but um, suffice to say, uh, Kylo does fail, uh, just as Luke did, uh, to confront his demons. And as a byproduct, you know, when he comes out, whereas Luke was able to uh, face Master Yoda and admit his failure, uh, Kylo, much in the way that he typically does, is unable to face that failure. Yeah, it was really interesting the way it plays out. And um, I'm, we're not going to get too much of the details here, you know, so we won't spoil it for you. But it was just fascinating to see somebody go in there, you know, basically that's kind of leaning more on the dark side of the of the force in, into it and seeing how it por- puts these things out there for someone in that regard. And it's still, you know, you, you, you kind of looked at it as, you know, was it, you know, uh, if you're talking about Luke showing things that might lead him to the dark side whereas for someone who's on the dark side maybe you show something a little bit different that they're afraid of and going a different way and again i don't want to you know give it all away here but it was just kind of fascinating to look at it from a different point of view essentially right and i mean it turns out to be whereas you know someone associated with the light side is being they're seeing in their kind of instinct to react to that the dark side users are really being encouraged to embrace the hatred and the anger and the fear um, and to use that to conquer the situation, which is, you know, again, it, it aligns very closely with the differences between the light side and the dark side. Um, but it was just interesting that, you know, again, whereas Luke uh, was able to embrace his failure and grow from Kylo uh, was just the opposite. He had to obscure the fact that he failed. Uh, he could not let Snoke know that. And it really goes back to his lack of self-awareness and and that's a lot of what we see in the film i mean he does not handle setbacks in a very mature way just ask the uh you know the, the data terminal repair people uh, aboard his flagship yeah they have they've had to deal with it many many times obviously i don't think that was the first time he's destroyed that thing uh when a bit of rage but um yeah that you know he's it is funny that he is you know still basically a child a spoiled almost like a spoiled child at heart you know very emo uh but it it was just it it was a fascinating fascinating look again at uh, ben solo slash uh, kylo ren yeah and uh you know ironically we look at a situation where um you know that that immaturity in in his inability to control or master his emotions is really what led to his failure in that confrontation with him at the end of the last jedi um which you know for all the for all the uh, different differing opinions out there about the last jedi i did think that battle you know definitely played out interesting in terms of you know the entire scope of what's happened within star wars canon you know, we've never really seen a confrontation like that no, that was uh, so fascinating and that, you know, I didn't pick up on all the clues to begin with first watching it. I think you've told me, Robert, you didn't either uh, right off the bat. And, and obviously there was no reason why Kylo, you know, Ben would have picked it up either because he was already just raging on the fact that, you know, Luke is there before him. He's already, you know, kind of out to get him as it is. So, you know, there's no way he's going to pick on this, uh, pick up all these little uh, hints that, uh, yeah, Luke isn't really there. But if he had, if he had taken a moment, paused, thought, you know, about it, maybe that exactly like you just said, Rob, that that 
uh, whole scene turns out quite differently and maybe the resistance doesn't have the time to escape. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, do you have any other thoughts that you want to throw out there in regards to the, the dark side cave there on Dagobah or the cave of evil or the magic tree, if you prefer? <laughs> the giving tree. Come on. <laughs> right. The giving tree. For the children. No, I, I, I just find it a fascinating and I, I do believe it's up for a lot of interpretations as, as to what is being shown to uh, all the people who visit that tree, why they're being shown this, what's the reasoning behind it, uh, you know, all these different images, these uh, apparitions, uh, uh, what, what is going on there? But I, I, I think it's a fascinating discussion, and I'm sure that yeah, you would love to hear from others out there what they think of the giving tree. <laughs> ties to the allegory of the cave. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things. Certainly not the first time cave has been used as a learning tool. But we won't go into all that here. Uh, I definitely do want to kind of keep this episode a little shorter. We've been a, a little bit long in the last few weeks. And I do want to get to a little bit of Star Wars news as well before we wrap up. So I, I would definitely say that the biggest thing that has come across the holiday this week is the news that Kevin Feige uh, has been in talks with Lucasfilm to take control of a Star Wars film in the upcoming future. And I Tom, I, I'm going to go on on a limb here and say that was exciting news when you heard. Yeah, I, I, I know you're excited about it because you've been calling out for, uh, you know, Star Wars to get a piece of Marvel into it for the longest time. And yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the world that Kevin Feige has helped create within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how he's been able to make everything connect so fluidly and be so interesting. And, you know, it's very rare that there's a hiccup in any of the films. You know, are some better than others? Yes, of course. But uh, there's never it's rare that you find one you're thinking, oh, that is just not a very good movie. And I just think Kevin Feige is a is one of the biggest part reasons for that, if not the largest. And to, to hear him being tied in with the Star Wars universe, uh, that's you know, I, I, I don't know how we could say it any other ways. That's probably good news. Yeah, I the way I've always looked at it is that, uh, you know, certainly the Marvel movies, the standalone films with the various heroes were a difficult enough task. But when you start looking at the movies where you were pulling multiple storylines together, be it, you know, some of the Captain America films typically uh, were known to bring in other heroes that, that would play a part in that, especially in films like Civil War and, uh, you know, the Avengers films certainly felt like one of the things that Marvel has done incredibly well is to balance out uh, all the busyness of having all these characters tell useful and, and uh, you know, kind of cohesive stories for each one and really play that balancing game well. And uh, sometimes it feels like that is an area where the, some of the Star Wars films have fallen down a little bit. Um, and certainly economy of motion, making sure that, you know, every minute of what's on screen, uh, you know, serves some sort of purpose and is either driving the story forward or you know, enhancing the action or whatever the case may be. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to see what he can bring uh, to a Star Wars film. And, uh, you know, again, we know the, uh, the Skywalker saga is wrapping up, but I'm certainly hoping that, you know, Star Wars as a franchise is going to go on. And uh, and really kind of find its its uh, identity, I guess, without the Skywalker saga at its core. I I find the future for Star Wars fascinating. You know, I I like the fact that we've seen recently that they've been able to tell stories because for so long it was you know wrapped up around the Skywalkers, and yeah, that's great. We all love the Skywalkers, or at least the Skywalker saga. And you know, there's been so much involved with Jedi and and Force users, Jedi, Sith, whatever the case may be. But we've seen more recently that they've been able to put out some films and some series, and we have a new one coming out. We which we don't know if there'll be any Force users in it. 
Uh, but it, there's nothing that has shown that there will be anything on, along those regards, at least to begin with. So it's I kind of like the idea, yes, that they are exist in this world, but there are so many creatures, so many people, so many stories within this universe that they don't always have to revolve around a Jedi or a Force wielder. And I kind of like that that is some of the direction they're starting to take. We're getting a little bit more of the depth of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and I'm very excited about the fact that, you know, with Disney Plus, they're going to turn the live action uh, series. I think The Mandalorian is going to be phenomenal. Kenobi is going to be super exciting, and I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Cassian Andor series. So, uh, And it's going to be really interesting to see what other things happen to come down that pipeline. I know there's been the big movement for uh, Make Solo 2 happen, so certainly we're on board with that. But if they tend to uh, you know, go more toward having those stories be told on Disney Plus uh, and take advantage of that platform. I don't find that to be a negative in any way, shape, or form, given the funding that they're giving those uh, programs. I think that in a lot of ways, it's even better to have them as a series on that particular service. I think you can tell more stories in a, in a useful way. It doesn't have to be this big epic movie, you know, the, about some characters that, you know, maybe here and miss. Some, some of you like, some of you might not like, but if it's, you know, episodic where you can move on to different worlds, different storylines encapsulated within maybe one greater story, I, I just find that, that that's a greater uh, way to focus on this entire Star Wars universe. Right. And, you know, going back to other Star Wars series, and I know you mentioned it earlier, Star Wars uh, Resistance Season 2 is coming out uh, later this month. And so, you know, Kaz and the Colossus were fleeing from the Empire, and uh, they were going to meet the Resistance on Dakar. I'm very excited to kind of see how that season pans out and what adventures are in store for that crew. Right. The, the uh, Season number one really picked up. It kind of... they. It's kind of similar to what happened with Star Wars Rebels and the fact that you kind of they kind of put all the pieces in place since these were all almost all entirely new characters. They they kind of wanted you to kind of get to know the personalities of them, kind of give you an idea of where they are, what's going on, and then gradually as the season progressed, especially into the uh, the second half of uh, season one, uh, really a storyline picked up, the energy picked up, the action picked up, and uh, I, I expect them to go full steam ahead right into season two. Yep, absolutely, and. Uh, the last bit of news that we've got for this week is certainly that this Friday is going to be Triple Force Friday. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of cool new merchandise out. I know Tom was sending me a, a list of some stuff that was out. Uh, we were kind of having some conversations around that. So if you are looking forward to Triple Force Friday and you have any plans to pick up any of that merchandise, definitely shoot us a note either uh, via our email at jtapodcast at gmail.com or you can shoot a message to us out on Twitter. Uh, we're out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. We'd love to hear uh, what you've got your sites set on. And, uh, you know, if there's any other topics that you want to discuss as well, we're always game for having a uh, spirited conversation about anything Star Wars related. Uh, again, I will recommend that all of you go out and check out the uh, Star Wars Remembered series that Tom has got on their podcast, the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And Tom will give you information about how you can find them. Sure. It's our most recent episode. Rob just joined us over the weekend to talk about The Empire Strikes Back, but we've been going back all the way through the prequels, the standalone films. Now we're midway uh, through the original trilogy, moving on to the uh, the the, uh, the the sequel trilogy that's coming up here 
very soon, uh, right into the, the Rise of Skywalker. And you can always find our episodes uh, pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. Best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And if you want to follow us socially, we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom, for uh, making the time to come on again with me this week. Uh, I've been looking forward to talking about the good old Cave of Evil for some time. And uh, it was interesting that that there was some new information that had just come out about that within that uh, Age of Resistance comic series. So uh, it seemed like perfect timing for it. Um, again, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend and uh, hook us up with a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen. Uh, they're very helpful in other people finding our podcast. And uh, we really do want to grow our listenership and be able to provide more and more content to you guys uh, in a, hopefully in a format that you enjoy. So uh, with that being said, uh, you guys have a great week. Thank you for tuning in and may the force be with you. <laughs>